Welcome to Soothing Harmonies of Love, Psyche, and Soul with host Danielle Burns, an inspiring program that explores real stories and rich melodies of love, creativity, and wisdom with guests from a deep healing perspective. Discover how sacred archetypal experiences illuminate new areas of awareness during life transitions. Now, here is Danielle Burns. Hello. I want to welcome you to Love, Psyche, and Soul and to this episode on the reality of stillness. I would like to associate the idea of stillness to a phrase we often use in the imagination, that of doors opening. Throughout our lives, we often find ourselves in this situation where it appears the reality of stillness has created an opening to step into a new space of time and reality. Sometimes we are not well prepared for how, how our most worthwhile desires will unfold. A struggle appears that prevents us from walking through a seemingly open door. Our home or vocational lives suddenly become barriers to gaining new insight. We may find ourselves teaming with a difficult coworker or spearheading a difficult project, leaving us unsatisfied and unfulfilled. Perhaps a new direction appears at the executive level, causing our working lives to suddenly come to an end. In either situation, all doors leading to success have come to a close. However, in cases where it appears doors are opening for us, these factors no longer play a significant role in our lives. A difficult coworker or project suddenly energizes us and thus compels us to move forward and to transcend obstacles. The perfect job, therefore, may even surface before our eyes, leaving us with a moment of grace upon realizing the universe somehow had a hand in it. During these life-ending phases, the identity of the self suddenly appears as a separate, greater center of will, authority, power, or life energy. Akin to the God archetypal image, the idea of the self represents a superior spiritual power that allows the capacity to hold within the center of one's identity a unique self-reflection of both thought and love, while the gravity of the psyche shifts over time. These meaningful adventures teach us that the human condition is all about asking the question of what is my responsibility to evolve? This is an important question to hold in order to facilitate consciousness as the human condition is to live in the here and the now. We will hear in the life story of our very special guest, Brittany Chafee. This way of living in the present can be seen from a phenomenological perspective. 
In the final final analysis, it appears that we often do not see what we fully do not understand. It is an archetypal perspective on life that encourages us to look for the universal factors shaping our experience, rather than remaining fixated on a particular stage or sequence. One can learn to read one's life as a symbol of the reality of time. Brittany reminds us of the tiny details in life we may not notice right away. The experience that uh, experiences that drive us straight to the heart of the matter uh, at hand, within conditions of future, present, and past. We will hear her explore the vulnerabilities of movement in the presence of time and space, the reality of stillness. So now let us begin with our featured story. My story. My story is truthful. It's honest. It's messy. And it's bare. I am Brittany Chafee. And I am a professional empath. I live in St. Paul, Minnesota with my fiancé, an eight-week-old kitten, Rami. If I need anything in life, it's good company. Calm lighting. A breeze in the window and paper with a pen. I've written since I've known how to write because living twice finds me well. My first book, Wild Morning, was published by Wise Inc. Publishing in 2017. The book followed the stories of 30 women in the morning through poetry and photography. My writing has also been seen in Girl Boss, City Pages, Star Tribune, and Wit and Delight. Daily, I run strategy for brands. I'm fascinated by memory and the vulnerable progression of time. In fact, I wrote a series of essays about what time means to me. The series is called Borderline and told in four parts. Memory, time, change, and wonder. collection. I share a glimpse into my world and write thoroughly about my fascination with the passing of time and vulnerabilities of progression. I share stories from my past, dig deeply in what it means to be somatic, write feverishly about what nature has given my body and spirit, and fully wrap my arms around what scares me the absolute most about time and its inevitable truth. came to me on a walk. I live right next to the Mississippi River, and I spend a lot of time in the summer biking through the woods along its riverbank. When I was a child, I was always in the woods near my home, imagining stories and creatures and adventures. I'm fascinated by the vortex of time and memory, the objects that remind me of resurfaced emotions in the past. The forest by the Mississippi in my adult life me directly into the memories of my childhood. The word borderline struck me as a symbolic line in the sand moment you can pass when seasons change, when certain sensory moments carry you back through moments in time. We are all 
always straddling the past and the present. And it's so raw and beautiful to me that we can go back and forth between the two so painfully and joyously. That is what Borderline is about. About how we pass through time and its seasons, whatever we carry with us along the way. I'm so happy and humbled to share my stories with the world. memory you remember having because honestly I'm not sure I'm not sure I can tell the truth about that I get memories mixed up with stories told by my mother and home videos I remember certain things vividly about my first home and I wonder if those stark items are the first moments of my life I do remember forest green rug in my parents' bathroom, the giant fish tank at the bottom of the stairs, split level. Bonnie Raitt in the background of every moment, especially while my mom cooked in the kitchen. Christmas in the blinking musical lights on her artificial balsam hill tree. What's in a story? I've always asked myself this. Which brings me back to the beginning of storytelling as I see it. I've always been a writer, and I think deep down, I've always wanted to remember my life. I write to understand the world. I write to leave something in it when I leave. I started writing daily in a journal when I was seven years old. In my journals, I wrote down in detail the weather every day. I was doing so I could look back years later and see how I changed. That's why the storytelling of progression and moving forward is beautiful work. Time can certainly be scary, but how can we slow it down? How can we fully soak inside of it? How can we evaluate where we've been and where we're going without losing our sense of self? We can, with every fiber of our being, tell the truth. Here's what time has meant to me growing up. Time has felt a lot like a round circle. itself somehow. A connected line in the sand tracking all of the moments I've had, bringing them back to one another. The first time I fell in love. The last time I fell in love. The first time I lost someone. The last time I cried, the first time I cried, the first memory I kept, the first time I felt misunderstood, all of these things, 
all connected to one another and tracked by minutes on a clock. I measure time by owning those moments, the bad ones, the gutsy ones, the ones that don't mean anything at all, the mundane. We all track them somehow. Whether it's through social media, photo albums, Google Photos, iCloud, telling stories on hot porches while watching a storm roll in. In my opinion, much better way to share stories than through technology. I write them down. I write them down in extreme detail in metaphoric prose essays and hope that what I'm going through may help one person someday. My childhood was a good one. I'm so lucky to write this and have it be true. I explored the woods near our house and caught minnows and tiny frogs. I ran through our yard in bare feet and had a grandiose imagination. I wrote my own stories and published them in the Pinecone Press, a shop in my elementary school that would type up laminate and bind kids' stories. I had two supportive and loving parents that loved each other in a way I didn't know then was magic. I started riding horses very young and fell in love with their mirror-like spirit. The way they would reflect my worries and anger and good intentions. Horses gave me the truth to be kind, to be patient. To place my palm on the mirror of life and let time pass quite peacefully. We owe it to ourselves to tell the truth. We owe it to our children. We owe it to our friends and family. The truth is the most powerful thing we can give to one another, telling those we love that we love them. From this story, we have learned that the divine human condition is made sharper after it has been momentarily overcome. More importantly, 
we learn that one has the capacity to hold one's unique identity and vision through pivotal moments of self-reflection and acceptance, even in the midst of a divine human sense of time and vocation. I invite you to return to this story where we discover a new way of looking at time and the reality of stillness within the life of our very special guest, Brittany Chafee. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this short commercial break. Everything changes. All roads lead to an end. Yet, here on the sea of the setting sun, you can experience the bliss of movement and never say goodbye. With the wind at your side, swaying to the currents of life, you can listen to velvety skies whispering, inviting you to pause and reflect along this lover's aisle. Conscious healing and consulting facilitates new levels of empowerment, growth, and awareness using techniques rooted in wisdom, traditions of the heart, and other ways of knowing. While we can't change difficult situations in your past, we will work together to better understand your present circumstances for a more meaningful life. Why not slow down and set yourself free Let the wonder of your heart, soul, and imagination set sail for a change. Visit Conscious Healing and Consulting on the web at ConsciousHealingConsult.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are tuned in to Love, Psyche, and Soul with Danielle Burns. If you have a question about our program or story you'd like to share with our listeners, we'd love to hear from you by email to lovepsychesoul at gmail.com. Again, that's lovepsychesoul at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hello. And thank you for staying tuned in to this episode of Love, Psyche, and Soul. Today, we are exploring the reality of stillness and listening to the story of our very special guest, Brittany Chafee. Brittany offers a perspective on the physical and emotional progression of time. Within her story, time moved in a positive new direction where the reality of stillness led her to a particular position and experience of the inherent gift of performing a job. One day, I had been searching on the internet, looking for nothing in particular, when all of a sudden I came across a vocational opportunity that seemed interesting. I realized that working life had been about finding a particular position and experience of performing a job that contained a broader meaning. We will continue exploring how the progression of time moves within the life of our very special guest, Brittany Chafee. So now, let us just go ahead and continue listening to our featured story. Writing about the truth and deep intimacy. Telling someone we aren't feeling well 
chilling our insides. We aren't feeling well. The truth can be difficult to find, to really source. But it's the most telling and important part of the world. I find my way towards my truth through storytelling. That's why I love to write. That's why I loved to write as a little girl. Truth searching was a deep and safe part of my childhood and a scary and honest part of my adulthood. I'm a very emotional person, so I always feel accomplished when others connect to the sensual parts of my work. I love the details and sensory descriptions, the things that bring out vulnerable emotions through writing and moments people can relate to. When I read books, I often underline words on the pages. I always read with a pen to mark spots. I love sentences I feel like I'm discovering for the first time. Even though someone else already wrote them, Others keep a pen nearby with my work and read it slowly, waiting for a moment they can relate to and carry home. Ah, what a joyous outcome! And now I have the pleasure of introducing you to Brittany Chafee, an author living happily in St. Paul, Minnesota. As an avid storyteller and professional empath, Brittany likes to spend her time with great lighting, warm bread, and good company, as you heard within her story. She offers a perspective on the physical and emotional progression of time and the vulnerabilities of movement from perspectives of memory, time, change, and wonder. While this dialogue between ego and self-identity are essential to the psyche's movement, it resembles the process by which individuals explore the meaning and Understanding of time and reality as lived experience in the world. During this process, we are supported by the soul's movement with time where the idea of stillness radiates with a broader understanding that becomes a source of meaning. So as I now turn to Brittany, I just want to welcome you to the show. Welcome, Brittany. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be on here. 
And we are delighted to have you. And one of the things that I was thinking about, just in terms of your story, were all the beautiful things that you found joyfully meaningful. There was just so much of that within your story. And so I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about what you find joyful and moving about some of the experiences generated by your story. Can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah, you know, I think I've always been a big advocate for the very, very um, simple things in life. Um, The ones that seem like they're not, you know, they're hard to capture right away. Um, Mm -hmm. Down to what a tree looks like when it's moving in the breeze or, you know, what something smells like, like that sensory stuff. Um, I think those, the smallest things in our world are the ones that we kind of let pass us by, but those are what we remember in our memories, what we remember as kids. Um, And, you know, life isn't always about those really big moments. It's about the mundane kind of um, natural things that kind of come by us and I think we need to take time as humans. We move so fast throughout the world every day with technology um, and all of these other kind of, we're kind of on sensory overload all the time. And if we just sit and just think about the stuff that's small, that doesn't mean too much. It actually means a lot and it kind of builds our lives and um, makes us quieter um, and kind of brings us kind of within ourselves. And I love to do that, especially as a writer. Mm, that's beautiful. Those lovely sensory experiences that connect us to our past, that also move us into the present, where memory has important meaning. And this is just one of many things you've talked about uh, within your new book, your second book, uh, mm-hmm. entitled Borderline, which we'll have an opportunity to explore in detail today. Um, and that book is actually now available for purchase. I've noted that here. And so I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit how you began to associate uh, sensation with memory as you move into one of the perspectives uh, within your book. Yeah, yeah. You know, the book kind of came about, and I always love, like, I'm always really obsessed with hearing about how writers or musicians or, you know, artists just kind of come up with what they create. And Borderline was very, very much a sensory um, thing for me because I was actually, I got a bike and I started going biking and I discovered this forest and the the river near my house. And I I went, I kind of explored outside. And in Minnesota, as you know, it's um, only nice for about three months of the year. So (laughs) um, this was a very prominent experience for me. But I went, I went back outside, I was outside and I was with all these trees and the way the sun hit the trees. And um, there was something about it, like that vortex of memory that brought me back to being a kid. When I was I spent, you know, 90% of my life climbing a tree or in a bush or whatever I was doing. Um, and, and it was that, that sensory portion that actually I did some research on this because I was so intrigued by it, um, of our senses and smell and, and taste and touch and smell is actually one of our strongest memory sensors. Um, we, we can remember like this, you know, if you think about your grandmother or your grandpa and you think about their house, you remember the, the smell over the 
how the sound, you know what I mean? I, how something sounded um, or, you know, of how something maybe vision is a pretty strong one, but I remember how my grandma's house smelled and it, standing in those woods. I was just, I was back. I took a vor- vortex path right back into my childhood. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of how we control. That's how borderline came about because there's always this line in the sand where we can kind of dabble between the past and present. And when we're, when those things are activated, like a smell or a, a touch or anything, we, we're like thrown back into this past memory or, you know, we kind of go back in time for a second and we can't really control it. We can, but we can't. Um, and I think that is the most fascinating thing about human beings and how we can remember things and go back to those things through senses and sensory Mm-hmm. Through uh, sensory play, which is, you know, something that so many children do naturally, but we often forget to do as adults, which is to enjoy the moment to engage in that beautiful area of exploration, mm-hmm. exploring the environment in a new way in a way that brings a sense of past and present together through that vortex of time that you shared. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about that beautiful vortex of time leading to that sense of wonder as you explored within your book, Borderline. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit more about how the book talks about meaning within the presence of adulthood as if it were explored within childhood. Yeah, you know, I, um, I, one of the essays that I, that I wrote was about um, flow, and it was about slowing down and how we can have cert, certain, um, we can do certain things and our body actually, our brain kind of turns off. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot more scientific stuff to it and more um, psychological stuff to it. But I don't, I'm obviously just a writer, so I don't know those things. Um, but what happens to us is if we're experiencing something that we know how to do well or that we enjoy a lot, our bodies, our brains almost turn off and we don't think about anything. For me, it's horseback riding or reading or writing. Um, and we, everything kind of slows down a little bit. And when we're kids, I feel like there's a lot of things we did, especially because times change a lot. And I, when I was a kid, I didn't have a phone and I would run outside and not come back until it was dark. And, you know, we had a, a cordless phone was like a big deal when I was a kid, but, um, but that kind of, those kind of things when you re-engage yourself and do things that you did when you were a kid, and this sounds so ridiculous, but even doing a cartwheel or doing, um, you know, running, st- standing on cold grass with your bare feet, you, you're kind of relaunched back into that, that beautiful vortex of time because your, your body is used to that. And that's where you first discovered something or, that's where you had a first memory, you know, or it just kind of calm, it calms you in a sense that you know that that's something you've already experienced and you can kind of go back. So I actually, for Borderline, one of the essays I wrote about, I got the idea from going into the woods and being like, oh, this is where I spent my entire childhood and this is bringing me back. So I went back to the, to the woods by my house where I lived, where I grew up. And I was in my car, I was in a cardigan, I was driving from work, I was wearing wedges, I was, mm-hmm. I felt like a crazy person, but I was like, <laughs> I, have to, I have to do this. I have to go to this old place where I haven't been in 25 years, like, I, I have to do this. And I got out of my car, and I walked into the woods, and feeling kind of crazy, but I stood there, and how it looked so small in there, and everything was pretty much how I remembered it, but 
my imagination isn't around anymore. I'm not imaginative as much as I used to. I am, but I know things now. And um, I know I, I back, I read the, about this too. When you have big imaginations as a child, you have them because you're trying to figure out the world. So you kind of make up your own stuff and that's how kids behave. And that's why they have such big imaginations, but that was missing. Um, I don't, you know, I, there was something like the Creek that used to be there wasn't there anymore it was dried up and there's just things that, and I was, it was like, it was such a spiritual experience. I, I wish I could explain it any other way, but I just, I, I hope people get in their cars and go to places they were when they were kids and, and feel it again, because it's a, it is like your brain and your memory carries it with you. And it's a vortex of how you can kind of reaccess that memory from the past. Absolutely. Yeah. Something that we can access um, from the past, just sort of spontaneously, it appears out of nowhere. And sometimes, you know, these are the memories, the experiences that still have meaning in the present. Mm-hmm. And I definitely want to explore a little bit more of that with you um, right after this next break. So I'm just going to go ahead and remind our listeners that certainly this beautiful new book that Brittany um, talks about, Borderline, is a book for people who want to explore their childhood, the future, the past, all of the things we don't normally talk about in line at Starbucks, which is, you know, something that uh, Brittany has explored um, about the book and also within the personal meaning of her experiences and stories. I invite you to return to discovering how this book can more deeply explore the progression of time moving within the context of life in the present. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this short break. Everything changes. All roads lead to an end. Yet, here on the sea of the setting sun, you can experience the bliss of movement and never say goodbye. With the wind at your side, swaying to the currents of life, you can listen to velvety skies whispering, inviting you to pause and reflect along this lover's aisle. Conscious healing and consulting facilitates new levels of empowerment, growth, and awareness using techniques rooted in wisdom, traditions of the heart, and other ways of knowing. While we can't change difficult situations in your past, we will work together to better understand your present circumstances for a more meaningful life. Why not slow down and set yourself free Let the wonder of your heart, soul, and imagination set sail for a change. Visit Conscious Healing and Consulting on the web at ConsciousHealingConsult.com. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are tuned in to Love, Psyche, and Soul with Danielle Burns. If you have a question about our program or story you'd like to share with our listeners, we'd love to hear from you by email to lovepsychesoul at gmail.com. Again, that's lovepsychesoul at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. 
Welcome back to this segment of Love, Psyche, and Soul. And today we are exploring the reality of stillness. And we were chatting with our special guest, Brittany Chafee, and exploring the Psyche's movement as it resembles the process by which individuals explore the meaning and understanding of time and reality as lived experience in the world. So, Brittany, before the break, uh, we were exploring not just how time uh, can link together two aspects of experience lived, both in childhood and adulthood, but we were also beginning to explore how the essence of time is also a symbol of something very deeply meaningful and spiritual for you. You were beginning to explore that within your life story. Certainly, you have begun to explore that more deeply within your book. So I was wondering if you could share a little bit more about how the meaning of time reflects something spiritual within your current life. Yeah, you know, I um, time is a really weird thing. And I I kind of mentioned, you know, before that when you you go through life, there's certain, um, like, I think there's something written somewhere that I read this uh, study that you actually remember things best in your life between the ages of 15 and 25, because that's when you're experiencing things for the very first time. Um, Mm -hmm. And and it's really interesting. It was really interesting to me because it kind of, I'm 31, and from the age of 25 to 31, I couldn't tell you what I, I, I barely remember anything, it seems like. But between 15 and 25, because I was, there were tons of firsts. There was first loves. There were first, first, you know, time living alone. My first, um, you know, I don't know, there's all kinds of that. First, um, when I went to college for the first time and, um, and those kind of things, and you're, you're, you slow down to kind of experience those things for the first time then that seemed incredibly, it was such a revelation for me because I've been freaking out about how fast time moves now and how I feel like I can't get a hold of it. I feel like I can't, um, I, I, don't, I don't have the control, I, we're, I don't have control of it. We're in whatever dimension we're in, um, we just, we move by the minute hand and we just, you know, we can't control that. So in that case, spiritually for me, um, it's been, important as of late for me to experience things for the first time and, and have a way to control the time and to control it, you know, as much as I can on my end to experience things first and then, and, and slow myself down a little bit. So whether it's through travel or if I, you know, try a new book or if I, um, you know, just try just, or doing things for the first time or going to a concert, you know, those kind of things, I think can slow time down for us or, you know, trying a new hobby or, you know, whatever it may be. And I think it's so important for us to find what, you know, find a way to understand time and then, and not let it freak you out by any way. And that's having a little more faith and I need to do that. But, um, but yeah, I don't know if that, I hope that kind of answers the question. I was just. <laughs> yes, of course. It answers the question. I love that answer. Time slowing things down. Yeah. So that you can begin to reflect on, you know, your experiences. And sometimes reflection requires us to not only look at ourselves, 
to re-examine um, all the experiences we've had in the past, but it also requires us to begin to understand how the present reflects ways to connect with other people in the present. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering if maybe we could explore that in detail. How does that sense of time, wonder, and memory that you explore in your book lead to deeper sources of connection and relatedness with other people? Because I know that has a lot of meaning for you. You know, you are a writer and you have been able to explore that sense of writing through storytelling. And storytelling requires us to connect with something other that is deeply meaningful and deeply spiritual. So how do you think that sense of time plays out in that sense of connecting with other voices, other stories, other people, other lineages mm. that are important to you? Yeah, that's a great question. I um I always said when I write a book, if I have one person that reads it and get, you know, get something out of it and, and find some understanding, um, then that's all I need. <laughs> and it helps me too, because writing helps you be very vulnerable um, and, you know, speak the truth as, as that was discussed. And it's so important too. But as far as the connection of other human beings, I just, every day we move so fast and we never talk about, I feel, sometimes I feel like it's, you know, at work, we're like, Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? Or you know, even our friends, like we're so caught up in all of these things. And yet um, we don't talk about things all the time like this. We don't absolutely. talk about. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, like I, I, I'm so happy that we met because I, I just, we, we don't get the opportunity to talk about the things that make us really scared and that freak us out or that, or that, that give us peace or that, you know, time is, time is fascinating and it's a safe space. It's a beautiful space to be to talk about it. And I don't go to happy hours and talk about time with people. And this, I can tell you, I, this book has made, I've had so many conversations, beautiful conversations with people about what being a kid meant, what, what moving, what movement means, what, you know, how time moves and how it kind of stunts us sometimes and how we can keep it safe and how we can make memories and how, you know, I just, the connections with people, when you let yourself be vulnerable and brave and talk about those things. Um, it gives me so much, it makes me feel better. It gives me more peace and it makes me understand the world, which is, you know, maybe why we're all here. We're just trying to understand the world. Um, and it allows the conversation has opened up so much more for me. And I've, it's, it's been wonderful. Absolutely. The other thing that you know comes to mind is you're exploring the idea of vulnerability in connection with other people, is that it does sort of invite this um, interesting discussion and dialogue about the complexity of sameness. And I use the term sameness because we find ourselves relating to people, both in the things that we share and in the things that make us different, Mm -hmm. separate and apart from the people that we're relating to. And so, in that area of vulnerability, it was probably very difficult for you to talk about yourself to someone that you didn't know well, but there was something in you that caused you to do that, perhaps yeah. something being um, within the realm of that person needing to know something about you that would bring about an experience of uh, perhaps healing or reflection or knowing or growth in that person. Sometimes we share those things because we 
have the capacity to allow another person to hear our story and to gain something important from it. Mm-hmm. Sort of in this spontaneous way, we don't really know why we're sharing this story, but indeed we're there for a reason. There's always a reason mm-hmm. for the sharing. So have you found any of those experiences apparent within the context of time and conversations with others? And if so, how? Tell us more oh about that. Absolutely. I. It's so funny. And my mom told me after I wrote this book, she was like, okay, so now you need to take a break because you've been very vulnerable and that's, all, that's very tolling on people to be vulnerable and brave. It's because it's, you're, you're putting yourself out there to get, you know, you're putting yourself on stage and you're, you're sharing all these things. Um, and she's right. And I, you know, it's, it's, a, it takes out energy, but it's also such a beautiful thing because you're searching while you're writing, you're searching for the truths and you're searching what the world means to you and you're constantly changing. And I actually had a discussion with a close friend of mine and she is a writer, but she has a hard time being vulnerable and she doesn't like, to, she's a beautiful writer and she doesn't, she doesn't like to be vulnerable because She's she's nervous of the you know of the feedback and those conversations and, and those having those conversations and I've been trying to get her to write and it's and she's getting closer and closer but that that contrast and of letting yourself be brave enough to put yourself out there um, I think is just it's so important um, and it's important to to take the dive and maybe get the weird feedback or maybe get someone being you know those things are extremely important I think and I hope she does write (laughs) more because she's a beautiful writer but there's a different I think there's a difference and um and actually sitting down and doing it 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 took I I felt like I just needed to I needed to I I felt so called to it I just felt like I just needed to do it it was almost like I don't know and I couldn't stop I every day I would write I, I I finished the book in a year which is pretty quick I mean some people can do it really a lot faster than that too, but it's a pretty quick turnaround for a book. Um, and I just, I felt like it needed to come out. And now I, f- I don't feel the need to write anything right now. Like, I feel like I'm like, okay, I feel good about this, but just, and maybe it's because I needed to understand it better and I was scared of it. Um, but, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You needed to understand it better. It was something that called your attention, not just to, um, that's greater sense of vocation, but it also called your attention to something that you connected with in another person's story. Mm, yes. The friend that you talked about um, having a similar experience of writing, and that connection led you to something else very special in your life that allowed you to take that meaning forward in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that sense of interrelatedness or connection that bring together this uh, larger whole of how sometimes the meaning that we derive in other people's experiences allow us to see our own lives in a different way, allowing us to progress forward and, you know, to use that information as a gift. Mm-hmm. And I think here's where your book is a gift of um the historical knowledge that you have sort of assembled and gleaned from other people's experiences in those moments of connection and dialogue. That's just so beautiful. Thank you. 
You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> and so as we begin to explore that sense of relatedness further, you know, I just want to say thank you, Brittany, for, for being on the show and for allowing us to derive, you know, some sense of meaning from that, from a, um, a written um, or even a scientific perspective, because your book can be looked at as both a source of healing and science, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, of course, we can also see, you know, the concept of, of time and space, you know, from this sort of interdisciplinary perspective, where we are weaving together um, complex linkages of other viewpoints, including other realms of consciousness, other um, realms of interrelatedness, of other phenomena of which you've talked about, wonder, time, memory. And these interesting, um, or this interesting view of phenomena uh, is sort of represented by some as comprising many voices and lineages. And this is precisely what some contend as the organizing principle behind the notion of bringing together whole. So I invite you to stay with us as we begin to explore um, the wholeness contained within the progression of time as I share with you and our listeners a song that um, I wrote about the lived experience of time in the world. And so I would like to go ahead and end our show with that beautiful thought and gift today. And now we will just go ahead and begin with our featured song.
Ah, welcome back. I hope you all enjoyed that beautiful gift and that you also enjoyed today's episode of Love, Psyche, and Soul as we had an opportunity to dialogue with our very special guest, Brittany Chafee. And I invite you to just go ahead and listen to Brittany as she explains where to find her beautiful new book, Borderline. So, Brittany, tell us a little bit more about where to find that book. Certainly, the one that has inspired the gift that we've listened to, that beautiful song, and all the things that we've explored today on the show. Yes, absolutely. Um, I loved the song, by the way. That was, like, really relaxed and it made me happy. Um, But... Uh, you can find Borderline, all four of them. Um, you can buy them as all four, or you can buy them individually. There's just four volumes to go with the seasons. Um, and they can be purchased at the theborderlinecollective.com um, online. And then I'm, I'm working on getting them on the Amazon, so I'm hoping in the next few weeks as well. But that's where you can get them now. Excellent. Thank you, Brittany, for sharing that information with our listeners. And as I turn to all of you out there, I invite you to follow me as well on Instagram at Love Psyche and Soul or Twitter at Body Soul Healer. And of course, I invite you to join me again next week for another episode of Soothing Melodies and Heartfelt Rhythms. Enjoy the rest of your day, everyone. Thank you for listening to Love Psyche and Soul. Please join Danielle Burns for another episode of Rich Stories and Healing Melodies next week on the Voice America Influencers Channel.